888-379-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time. Welcome to Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. And uh, we're here at the day after Christmas, um, just getting into it right away. And uh, I had a great Christmas. I hope you did. I'm wearing my Christmas sweater here, if you're uh, watching online. And uh, we are also broadcasting down in San Diego, Southern California, K-Praise, FM 106.1 in North County, and AM 1210. Uh, we're on YouTube and uh, Periscope and Facebook, everywhere else. So uh, you can check us out. I uh, just had the opportunity last week to interview David Wood. If you don't know who he is, um, he's got an incredible testimony. And uh, it's pretty famous. He, his testimony is very unique um, that he, that he uh, filmed online. He walks backwards through a subway and uh, the whole thing, it looks like in one take. And so, uh, incredible testimony. And today we have somebody who, is, who works with David Wood. Uh, Vocab Malone is his name. He was born and raised on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. He holds a master's degree from Phoenix Seminary. And his focus is urban apologetics and cultural worldview analysis. He's done a, ton, uh, a number of debates and dialogues with Muslims, atheists, and Hebrew Israelite, which is probably a group you haven't heard of. He just recently came out with a book, Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites. You can check him out at youtube.com forward slash vocab Malone. And uh, vocab, um, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, your, your bio says your focus is on urban apologetics and cultural worldview analysis. What is um, urban apologetics versus just kind of normal apologetics? Simply that the cultural context is somewhat different than more mainstream apologetics. So some of the questions are the same. You might just answer them with different examples, different illustrations, different nuance, different subtleties. And then some of the other questions asked in that field are actually different kinds of questions. And so um, sometimes you have to repurpose some apologetics that might already be out there, and then other times you have to start from scratch. So it's really a missiological concept where mm. if you look at missions work, they consider the field in which they labor, um, and then they take that into um, consideration as they proclaim and defend the gospel in that particular area. So that's really all it is. It's when, when we use urban, we really basically mean uh, people not only in the city, but those influenced by what the city brings. And so that's a whole span of things from hip hop culture to, um, to certain questions that are asked and all kinds of, all kinds of things. And so uh, that's really what urban apologetics is. It's been around for a while, depending on how you define it. And I'm just one of many trying to, trying to do my thing. And in fact, we got a conference coming up here in Phoenix called Doctrine for the Block. It's an urban apologetics conference. And then we're doing another one in March that's strictly virtual. All the classes take place online. It's called Cyber City. So the thing's starting to really pick up because the issues in the urban context are picking up more and more. Wow, that's really interesting. So when you say that the issues in the city are picking up more and more, um, what issues are you referring to specifically? Why did the transatlantic slave trade happen? Mm. You got to get into the problem of evil, and it gets kind of specific to this context. Um is what what is God's view on uh, social justice issues both now and historically? Uh, does the Bible con- condone or condemn slavery? Mm. Is the Bible itself ethnocentric? Is Jesus really white like he looks in so many Hollywood movies? You go on and on, and um, you have 
even new religions really that are kind of unique to that setting, such as the Kemets, folks who believe that all ideas basically should be traced back to ancient Egypt. And there's a reverence, sometimes even a worship for aspects of ancient Egypt. And they find their identity in that. Some of these guys even think they're reincarnated pharaohs. And then you go over to the Hebrew Israelites that I specialize in. They think they're the true children of Israel. And you deal with the Moorish Temple Science, the Nation of Islam, the Five Percenters. And you do have atheism as well. And, um, you know, they piggyback a lot of their arguments from Richard Carrier and Richard Dawkins. But some of the things are a little bit different as well. So it's definitely an area that needs attention, Mm. uh, but it's been neglected. And one reason it's been off of the radar of a lot of scholars. And the other reason is um, the financial opportunities are very limited because a lot of times you're ministering in contexts where uh, there's not the big mega church with the big budget to put on the big fancy conference to fly the guy out. So that's why we do things like virtual conferences to try to, to rectify that, that problem of, of logistics. So, a lot going on. I think 2020 is going to be a watershed year for this issue. Oh, I love it. Uh, you know that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Christian apologist uh, teacher. I teach 12th grade apologetics, and these issues are coming up in my classroom. And so we've had to, you know, uh, we're we're discussing about things like white privilege, uh, reverse racism. Uh, I had a, a young kid who's a Native American talking about how um, he was with his family and. Uh, a bunch of his relatives said, um, you know, we're not, we, we don't believe in Christianity. We don't believe in the Bible. That's all, um, you know, white people who have foisted that on us. And um, that's something that we reject because it's it's written by white people and th- this sort of thing. So that all fits uh, with what you're talking about, right? Yes, sir. There's a lot to it. I mean, nobody um, wants to believe a religion if they believe that it was uh given to them, even forced onto their populace for nefarious reasons, such as controlling them and things like that. Now, I think that narrative sometimes is oversimplified. However, that's the narrative that the really the enemies of the cross push. And you have real Bible-believing Christians who have real questions about those kinds of, of issues, you know. And, um, you know, of course, these issues also get existential. People want to know, really, who am I? You know, uh, and so a lot of these uh, alternative urban religions popping up in, the, in these alternative urban spiritualities and these alternative urban cults, they focus a lot of times on giving the uh, respondent a new identity. And so uh, issues like identity in Christ become very important, important for the church to be proactive, as well as explaining in greater depth issues relating to certain aspects of church history, which may be neglected, such as the North African church, things along those lines. So there's a lot there, and uh, the folks against us, to be honest, have a much heavier web presence than we do, mm. but by God's grace, we're going to fix some of that in 2020. I love it. That's great. You know, um, does uh, you know, I've heard there's a popular religion that's spreading in prisons right now. Um, it's the worship of Norris gods. Have you heard about this? Yeah, Odinism. Yeah. That is a, um, actually on the other side of the spectrum, similar. So what those guys say would be something like this. Hey, you know, these Christian missionaries came and, you know, uh, depending on what version of the story they tell, but the, the version always ends up with they took us away from our ancestral deities. They took us away from uh, the, the gods that are that are native to our people. Why should we embrace some Jewish carpenter and these missionaries from some other country when we've already got our own pantheon and our own gods? Well, why should we do that? 
So let's not forget about Odin and Thor. Let's even have our own eschatology and start talking about Ragnarok and all these kinds of things. And so uh, Odinism proper doesn't have to be supremacist. And by that, I mean European or white supremacist. However, a lot of the permutations is my understanding, especially those of the prison variety, end up embracing a, a white identity that is a supremacist one as well. Mm. Now, they don't have to, but often I guess that I guess they often do. I've actually done a few videos on, on this on my channel, but that's not necessarily an urban apologetics issue. I looked more into that because I was interested about some of the carry-in and the tie-overs and all of that uh, related to the Thor movies and about what did some of the ancient Norse folks actually believe. So there is more and more you see people saying, I reject Christianity because it's not what we originally believed or whatever. And let's embrace this other thing. You know, yeah. not that's not, of course, I hope people understand that's not even a logical argument. Uh, whether something is native to a culture has no bearing on a truth value. The source of something has no bearing on a truth value to think otherwise is what you, what you end up doing is committing to genetic fallacy, mm. which is saying something is false simply because of its origin. So, so just as something is not false simply because of its origin, something is not true or voracious simply because of its origin. So, even if the argument is true in any form or sense, that doesn't then therefore follow that we are obligated to follow our ancestral deities as if they are better, uh, just by default, because um, um, cultures are not to be deified. And the part of the problem is if you eliminate an actual objective deity standing over all cultures, a transcendent moral creator, then you can end up essentially deifying culture, and then you get these kind of arguments that the Odinists and the Kemets and, and other folks like them begin to make. Yeah, and it, it does seem like a lot of people are actually falling for that genetic fallacy, what you're talking about. It actually seems in our culture today that a lot of people are glorifying uh, culture over, you know, over truth itself. Uh, would you would you say that tends to be the case? Yeah, and um, if people feel less and less satisfied with what they consider sort of traditionally available. Mm. Uh, and so a lot of times the fall guy in that is whatever Americanized kind of Christianity they might be looking at for better or for worse. And uh, they still want an identity. They still want these questions answered. And so they end up looking in uh, all the wrong places. And so there's mass confusion, not just in the urban landscape. I mean, it's clear by any measure or stat that you look at that America itself is secularizing. Yeah. And, uh, the influence of what we might call the historic Christian church in America certainly is waning. Mm. And this is actually true, although it's perhaps at a different pace or rate or takes different shapes or forms within traditional urban communities as well. And so all this is happening. And again, a lot of these areas we look into are overlooked. And so people sometimes say, why do you bother? Or that belief is silly or all that. And really, you just have to have a heart and a passion for the people that are being affected and not really care about uh, what it looks like or the numbers or how obscure it is. If it's influencing people, Yeah, we need to get in there and have answers according to 1 Peter 3.15, Colossians 4.5.6. So that is the state of affairs. Amen. Well, my guest today is Vocab Malone, and uh, we're talking about uh, urban apologetics as opposed to uh, what you would call uh, standard apologetics, I suppose. And uh, he recently came out with a book, Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites. We're going to um, continue this discussion. We're going to take a real quick break, but we'll be right back. Stay with us. I hope you enjoy the program. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. So we'll be right back.
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. If you need to buy an affordable, reliable used car, truck, or even an enclosed trailer, call Conover Tires Wheels and Service in Oceanside. For tires and car repairs you can trust, call Dan Conover and his team at 760-439-1631. Honesty, integrity, and quality service. They're ASE, BBB, and NAPA certified. And they're proud supporters of Educate for Life. Learn more at ConoverTires.com. Check out their great reviews, 760-439-1631. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. Hey, thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. And uh, my my program online is a full school of apologetics. It's an online school of apologetics. And the whole goal is to raise confident Christians. Um, what we're trying to do is I found that as my confidence in Christianity increased, it made me more comfortable sharing my faith. And uh, I found uh, that the reverse is true too, right? The, the less confident somebody is in their faith and, and what they believe in the Bible, the less likely they are to share it with those around them. And ultimately, we want to give the hope of Jesus Christ to the world we want people to be inspired and encouraged. So I have a full online school of apologetics that's meant to uh, increase your confidence in the Word of God. I think you'll be amazed at the amount of evidence that there is for the truth of God's Word. The Bible stands alone. Um, it is truly the inspired, inerrant Word of God. And so uh, check it out, educateforlife.org. We're offering a Christmas special until the end of December, and uh, you get half off the normal price uh, there that we're charging. So um, my guest today is Vocab Malone. You can check him out, youtube.com forward slash Vocab Malone. And uh, he's got an awesome site there with all kinds of resources. And um, he's really uh, focused on urban, urban apologetics. And then uh, Vocab, uh, your bio says uh, cultural worldview analysis. So break that down for the average uh, layperson listening. Uh, what does uh, cultural worldview analysis uh, mean? What, why is that your specialty? Well, that's more when we get into some things that pop up more in the pop culture landscape and every now and then kind of explore those, maybe the spiritual themes or do a movie review, say, with an eye towards some theological analysis. So um, I don't do that as much, but there's things that pop up that we do. For example, uh, I think last night's live stream, last night's show, I do a show called Street Apologist Live. I believe it was a Part of the show was a, a review of the rise of Skywalker. So I don't do a whole lot of that, but it is something I do as well. So I'll, I'll include those kinds of things. I've done some 
evangelism and apologetics at local comic cons and in years past. Uh, but, uh, I do a little bit less of that these days because urban apologetics issues are really taking front and center stage more and more. Okay. Um, yeah. So I saw, uh, now you, you're also, um, your expertise is Islam. Also, you've had a, a lot of debates or uh, dialogues with, uh, Muslims and so forth. Um, why did you choose Islam as one of your focuses, uh, in apologetics? Well, um, I had some friends who came to town from California who were Middle Eastern Christians, uh, most of them, and they um, kind of showed me and trained me about how to do evangelism to Muslims in some really unique and innovative ways. And so it opened my eyes to the possibilities. And then from there, I began getting more involved with aspects of the Middle Eastern Christian community here in the United States. Uh, there's a number of Arabic churches and, and Middle Eastern congregations between Arizona and California, and it can kind of act as a, a, a launching pad for different ministry outreaches, such as having evangelistic booths at Arab American festivals that happen in city centers across the nation that have heavy uh, Middle Eastern populations. And, you know, when you deal with all that, you know, you end up getting to a number of apologetic issues. And so, um, I just began having discussions with Muslims and I try to be intentional about it and did some debates as well. And even to this day, I work a lot with David Wood, Sam Shamoon, and a number of other folks who, who do a lot of Islamic centered apologetics. And some of the stuff we do is not for everybody because we sometimes incorporate uh, humor. So we use satire and parody as well. And not everybody likes that. And I understand that, but we are trying to be intentional about it, not that we don't make any missteps. And so we try to communicate truth using comedy as a vehicle as well. Um, yeah, I saw, so, I saw, uh, is that the, yeah. the boom, boom room? That's an example. So it's as if Muhammad has a talk show and then he invites guests on from <laughs> fiction and non-fictional universes. And at the end, if they don't agree with him, usually he pushes a red button and then it goes boom. Hence it's called the boom, boom room. Oh, man. And then he does it again <laughs> next episode. But if you watch, Every episode, we try to communicate a lot of important points yeah. that uh, might not translate as well in a one-hour lecture. Yeah. And uh, again, it's not for everybody. We've taken criticism. I respect that. I don't expect everyone to do what we do or to like it. Yeah. But I thought I thought I it was great. I, I saw one where uh, you had Muhammad talking to uh, Darth Vader. Uh, I think that was yeah, one of your most cool. recent ones. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that was After great. That we put out a, a Santa Claus one, but yeah, we've got Muhammad and Vader. They discuss both of their uh, son relationships because not a lot of people know that Muhammad adopted a son and then he unadopted him because he wanted to marry his adopted son's wife, and then people criticized him for it. So then he got a revelation from Allah that basically said there will be no more adoption in Islam where the son takes the last name of the father. You know, and all this is because, you know, <laughs> Muhammad basically wanted his adopted son's wife, even though he already had wives. Yeah. And uh, then we compare that to Vader's own issues with his son. And uh, to be honest, at the end of the episode, we find out that Darth Vader is a better father than Muhammad. You know? so, <laughs> oh, gosh. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, like if I said, it's not for everybody, but I just hope they understand that we do it with a good heart. But that doesn't mean we're not uh vicious or savage as the kids say and what i mean by that is um 
sometimes it's no holds barred, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we need that because a lot of people uh, have got, in our culture have gotten so sensitive that they, they can't even hear truth anymore. They can't even hear something. Um, if it's offensive, it's like uh, it's off the table. And uh, that's I, I don't really think that's a good thing. That's a bad thing because we can't have that uh, iron sharpening iron. We can't have, uh, you know, truth shutting down a lie. So uh, I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Well, yeah, thanks. I mean, uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, but um, there's definitely some risks involved. Yeah. But we kind of just count the cost, and and uh, God does a lot of uh, good stuff comes out of it. Yeah. So, you know, I was going to ask you, um, you know, you've, you've got this interest in Islam, and then you recently came out with this book about the black Hebrew Israelites. Is there any uh, crossover? What it just immediately came to my mind, and maybe this is totally off base, but was uh, the nation of Islam and the black Hebrew Israelites. Is there any any uh, relation there at all, or is there any uh, similarities? Well, you may want to perhaps, I've heard people use the terms uh, supremacist or nationalistic and apply them to both movements, mm-hmm. so I've heard that. But other than the fact that they are giving people some kind of new false uh, identity based upon a rewritten version of history they're not really related in fact they're vying for similar demographics and so when it comes to the nation of islam they're kind of getting pushed out more and more by the ideologies of the hebrew israelites and they're almost becoming the apologetic issue of yesteryear now the transformation is not complete but i think that anyone who reads the tea leaves as they say can see noi shrinking and hebrew israelism growing and so they're really ultimately competitors when it comes to being an, a viable alternative to Christianity within the spheres that we operate. Mm. So um, how did you get interested in uh, black Hebrew Israelism? Well, a number of things happened, but it all began with a phone call where a friend said, hey, who are these guys in our old neighborhood? And he described them. I did some online research and kind of put it away in the file. And so I had a sense of who they were based upon a phone call I had with a friend because he was, he, he said, Oh, I know you're a student of religion. Uh, can you help me out here? And so, uh, I kind of did some research, helped him out then put it away. And then I saw them in my neighborhood, you know, I saw them on the corner basically. And so I said, Oh, those guys that saw in the video. When I did that research for my, uh, yeah, I go talk to those guys. Anyways, I began talking to them on that corner a fateful day, and basically I've never stopped talking to them ever since then. Now, now uh, how are they becoming more and more popular? I mean, they sound, um, I mean, give us a rundown of their basic beliefs, how they differ from, you know, t- a typical Bible-believing Christianity. Well, they would say the Bible was misinterpreted because it's been handled by Europeans who are not even the people of the book. They would say that um, the true understanding in, uh, of scriptures in so many ways has been lost to a Gentile Eurocentric bias, as well as by the uh, fake Jews who are actually Khazar converts, and perhaps some even believe actually descendants of the ancient Amalekites. So with all that being said, they have some different what they call breakdowns of key scriptures a big chunk of these important breakdowns, that's their sort of code word for scriptural interpretation, uh, a, a big chunk of these breakdowns relate to proving the identity of the biblical Israelites by essentially a DNA test via scripture, I said Jesus. What I mean by that is they'll go to Deuteronomy 28, 
They'll say, look at the curses that were said to befall Israel if she disobeyed Yahweh. Now, let me ask you this. What people group is experiencing these curses? They're always lending. I'm sorry, they're, they're always borrowing. They're never lending. They're the tail of society and not the head. They're, these things are happening to their children. And then look right here, verse 68, what's going on there? Ah, they return again in, to Egypt in ships, and then they're sold as slaves. That sounds like us, because Egypt doesn't really mean Egypt. It means basically house of bondage, they would say. And so they would say this essentially is a description of the transatlantic slave trade. And so they, they get a person hooked in to sometimes somewhat obscure Old Testament passages, and then they sort of bedazzle people by going back and forth and basically giving them a totally new lens by which they look at Scripture if they're usually familiar with Scripture, because most of the people that they suck in are people who have some kind of respect for the Bible, but perhaps aren't really that adept, which describes really a lot of churchgoers. So mm. weak churchgoers are their primary targets that they, they really go after. And those are the people most likely to sort of flip into this mindset. And once you flip into this mindset, you basically start viewing yourself as an Israelite who has special salvific privileges in all other people groups, depending on how you define non-Israelites, as in some way second class. Some of the Israelites believe non-Israelites cannot be saved at all and are only destined for eternal servitude. Other Hebrew Israelite groups believe that non-Israelites, so-called, I'm just saying this from their perspective, of course, I don't agree with the labels at all, not for one minute, but those folks can be grafted in, but they essentially have to come through the mediatorial work and teaching of an actual Hebrew Israelite. Hmm. That's what's going on. Wow. Okay. My guest today is Vocab Malone, and he recently came out with a book. Uh, the book is titled Barack Obama versus the black Hebrew Israelites. And we'll, when we come back, I'm going to ask him, uh, he'll, he'll answer the question, how did he come up with that title? What does Barack Obama have to do with the black Hebrew Israelites? Okay, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Save money by taking good care of your car. Call Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside. Locally owned and operated since 1991 with all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers at ConoverTires.com. Dan and his team are proud to support Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. They even sell affordable, reliable used cars and enclosed trailers. Conover Tires, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard, 760-439-1631. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. Life insurance is like a parachute. If you don't have it when you need it, it's too late. When your family faces a challenge, you don't want to face liability because you're uninsured or underinsured. Decades of San Diegans have trusted Jim Kelly of Kelly Insurance Agency and Allstate to insure homes, cars, businesses, and lives, no matter where they live throughout California. Your family's needs are always changing. Call to schedule a checkup today. Call Jim Kelly and his team right now. 619-562-9199.
thanks for being with us today. It's the day after Christmas. I hope you had a good Christmas celebrating Jesus Christ, his birth, death, and resurrection. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's what it's all about. Ultimately, there is no other way to eternal life except through Jesus Christ. And um, I hope uh, that you had a fantastic time uh, celebrating his birth. And uh, today we're talking about, you know, there's a lot of groups out there in America today that are giving uh, diverging viewpoints. They're, they're saying the Bible's not true. They're saying the Bible promotes slavery. They're saying the Bible teaches this or that or the other. And it's really important to be digging into the Word of God and really understanding what it teaches um, and why we know it's the truth, why we know it's God's Word, His inher- inerrant Word, and, and uh, how we know it's trustworthy, how we know it hasn't been tampered with. Uh, my website, educateforlife.org, that's what it's all about. We've got all kinds of stuff on there that's meant to help you, video classes that are meant to help you develop a systematic, comprehensive view of Scripture that is, um, that is foolproof, that uh, you, you can talk to your friends and relatives and neighbors and really be able to have a conversation with them about these issues intelligently. And uh, my guest today is Vocab Malone. He's an expert on Islam. He's also an expert on black Hebrew Israelism, which is something you may or may not have heard of. It's starting to become more and more popular here in America. And, um, and uh, Vocab, I wanted to ask you, how did you come up with the title Barack, Barack Obama versus black Hebrew, uh, the black Hebrew Israelites? Yeah, as you can imagine, I get that question a lot. Yeah. Well, there was a <laughs> Netflix movie about Barack Obama's life when he was 21 years old and a student at Columbia in New York City. And for whatever reason, the filmmakers in this Netflix special movie uh, came out, I think, 2016, included a scene where young Obama is portrayed as having a brief argument dialogue with some Hebrew Israelites there on 125th Street in Harlem. And uh, I sort of, with another friend who's a New Yorker, analyzed where Obama's apartment was in 81 and then where Columbia was and saw that it would have been very possible for him to go on the section of 125th Street, as well as near Morningside Park, which is all relevant because that's where the Hebrew Israelites were at, especially in the 80s. In fact, there's a video you can see of me in New York, in Harlem, that Morningside Park, engaging some members of a group called GMS Hebrew Israelites. So anyways, when I saw that scene, because it was basically Obama arguing with them about some of their points of doctrine in this movie, I said, ha! Look at Obama being an apologist. (laughs) You know, I sort of have a unique sense of humor, I guess. I don't know. So that's the way I looked at it. And I said, that's a great book title. He's debated. He was like, that'll get people's attention. And uh, it has. Some people are super irritated by it, but hardly anybody forgets it. Yeah, for sure. Now, now, is there any connection whatsoever um, to him and the black Hebrew Israelites? I mean, what his personal. Yes. Yeah. But not in the way you would think. Yeah. Uh, Michelle. So this is his wife. She has a cousin named Kappers Funye. He is a rabbi, but he's a rabbi in a more traditional Orthodox uh, understanding, essentially of what some people sometimes refer to as black Judaism. So he's very, very mainstream and is not really to be looked at in the same way as the guys on the corner. And in fact, uh, two or three weeks ago, when the violence happened in Jersey City, where two people influenced by the ideas of Hebrewism went into that kosher deli there and shot up the place and killed four people and perhaps one the week before. During 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 that, he came out and made a statement like you know that hey this is not what we're about and and a lot of members of the sort of traditional Orthodox Jewish community backed him up and said yeah you know he this he's our guy uh, and and I know we know he has nothing to do with this kind of ideology you know he's not anti-Semitic in that same way. So there's a certain kind of connection, 
But he's probably out of all the Hebrew Israelites in America made the most bridges towards the sort of more orthodox, traditional, mainstream, you know, rabbinic-influenced Jewish community. And so there's not really a lot of connection. If I was going to do apologetics, say, with Rabbi Kappers Funya, you know, Michelle's cousin, it would look more traditionally like what, say, Michael Brown does, okay. you know, because they don't accept the New Testament. They don't accept the messiahship of Jesus, that kind of stuff. It's not the same um, bigoted kind of position as the guys on the corner. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what about, um, and may- maybe this is completely irrelevant, but what about, you know, there was the huge controversy with Jeremiah Wright as um, Barack's uh, pastor. Uh, what, what, um, is there any relationship there? Is there any, any uh, influence there? There's one section in Dreams of My Father's, the uh, book by President Obama, where he speaks of what a lot of people have felt, which is sort of a symbolic or uh, metaphorical connection between those who were slaves at one time and uh, the ancient Israelites. And he describes this in a brief chapter where he's talking about experiencing uh, church service. I believe it's at Jeremiah Wright's uh, church at the time. And it's done sort of through the vehicle or medium of the old spirituals that are being sung. But it's clear if you read the passage, President Obama is not saying that he thinks he's an Israelite or anything like that. He is just recognizing sort of the affinities and the, and the parallels or links between aspects of black Americans under oppression and slavery and harsh conditions and also between the ancient Israelites. But what happened is Hebrew Israelites have taken that, that connection and made it literal, and that has included a whole reworking of history. So when it comes to Jeremiah Wright himself, He's doing something very different. The Hebrew Israelites would, I think, view him as a stooge or a pawn. Mm. They, they, would, they would not see him as somebody who is, is, by and large, speaking truth. There might be a couple places they point to him saying something they would think of as good, but there would be a, a really mainly criticism for him. And believe it or not, I don't actually know how this happened, but Craig Keener co-authored a few books with, with a man named uh, Glenn User, uh, Usry, and in those uh, their fantastic apologetic books dealing with urban apologetic issues. Craig Keener is a well-respected New Testament scholar. Uh, in those, somehow they got Jeremiah Wright to write the forward. Now, this was a long time ago before uh, some of the controversies have happened since then. Yeah. But I always found that fascinating uh, that uh, he did a forward to this to some really astounding works by Keener, Keener and his and, and the co-author the Usry there. Well, that's very uh, interesting yeah, <laughs> connections. So um, that is very interesting. So when you so black Hebrew Israelites essentially they believe that they are the actual descendants of Israel versus uh, the 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 Jews today um, they would say these are these are not the real descendants of Israel. You said they're the, they think mm-hmm. they're the descendants of the Amalekites. So how do you go about when you're when you're talking to somebody like this? Uh, how do you go about refuting that? And why is that important? Why does that even matter as far as it pertains to salvation and Jesus Christ and everything? Well, it's because they think lineage has uh, salvific ramifications. It, it doesn't matter, according to passages like Galatians 3.28, and if a proper reading of Romans 9-11, through 11, and really the whole book of Galatians, I just mentioned one part there, and passages in Colossians, and Matthew 28.18-20, and Jesus, where he says, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And Acts 2, where you see 
all Jews from all nations, plus proselytes gather there in Acts 10 with Cornelius. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Can't forget Acts 9 with Philip and the Ethiopian. These are non-Israelite peoples. Uh, so depending on the kind of Hebrews that you're dealing with, it depends what they're going to say and how they're going to use those passages. But they they misuse Revelation 2.9 and 3.9 to, uh, to get this, this evidence. And I think the, that's my problem. Honestly, um, this gets into your theology about what you think of the relationship between Israel and the church. But my problem, I, I don't view myself as an apologist to defend, you know, who is a true ethnic Jew in the 21st century. M- my job is an apologist for the gospel and Hebrew Israelism in most of its forms directly attacks the gospel, specifically the equality at the foot of the cross. So they'll use, really misuse passages. And my interest is in not getting false doctrines from misreadings of biblical texts. So Revelation 2.9, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich in the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. And so they'll utilize that and say, ah, so the uh, that in Revelation 3.9 and other passages prove that the so-called modern Jews are not actually the Jews. And it's kind of funny because hypothetically, Hebrew Israelites could say, hey, people that identify as Jews are Jews, but guess what? We're descendants of the Jews as well. But for whatever reason, they think the pie is sort of limited. And so they remove one piece and put themselves in for whatever reason. I guess it's some kind of form of removing competition, I guess. But interestingly enough, a lot of the Hebrew Israelites' teachers learned Hebrew from rabbinic-influenced, you know, Orthodox, Hasidic-type Jews in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> but they're trying to shed that background. With all that being said, though, you know, if you are of any ethnicity— you could be a direct descendant of Jesus if he had kids. Now, he didn't have kids, but you could be a direct descendant of Jesus Christ himself if he had kids. And if you are not in Christ, unified with him, under submission to his lordship, if you have not recognized him for who he is, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus God, second person, if you don't do that, if you don't put your faith in his finished work in the cross, you are experiencing God's wrath, not his blessing, no matter what your lineage is. And that's why the Bible says, in a variety of ways, but I'll encapsulate it with Paul's words, not all who are of Israel are Israel. Mm. You know? There's a circumcision of the heart and a circumcision of the flesh. Yeah. And that circumcision made with hands is not anything that saves anybody. And that's why Paul said, circumcision availeth nothing. Yeah. It's, and Jesus Christ said, uh, Jesus Christ said to the Pharisees, God can raise up sons out of, uh, out of the stones, right? So he he basically is saying uh, to the to the Pharisees, you know, you, your cultural heritage, your heritage is not going to save you. So, um, okay, my guest today is Vocab Malone, and uh, I think this is awesome stuff. And um, Vocab Malone, you can check him out at youtube.com forward slash Vocab Malone. He's got all kinds of videos up there, all kinds of amazing stuff. If you're really interested in urban apologetics and dealing with the issues that are pertinent to that, like, um, you know, the issue of slavery in the Bible or, uh, you know, is the Bible... Uh, does it generate racism or does race matter in that regard or all these sorts of issues that are now very front and center in our culture today. There's a lot of throwing around these words and, um, and a lot of people are wondering, well, I don't want to believe in a God that, that supports racism or supports slavery or these sorts of things. And so, um, or, you know, is the Bible actually inspired by God or has it been changed by people trying to control other people? You know, that's a big myth that's out there also. So check out his stuff. Very useful. We have one segment left, so stay with us. We're going to be right back 
and we'll finish up this uh, very uh, educational and interesting discussion. We'll be right back. Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact. Okay, so we're on the last segment here. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and I hope you've been enjoying the program. Um, And uh, we're going to be starting off the new year here, coming up real soon. We're going to have Greg Kokel uh, from Stand to Reason on the program, and uh, he's a fantastic guy. He's been doing this forever. Uh, and we'll be talking about his uh, new edition of his book, Tactics, is coming out. I love the book, Tactics, simply because um, it's really evangelism by asking questions. And I've, I've found that to be very useful in my own evangelism and apologetics is asking people why they believe what they believe, uh, provoking uh, thought, and, and helping them to think through things uh, maybe a little more deeply than they have. And uh, that's just part of the process. And it's also very inoffensive and and very non-confrontational to ask questions because you're trying to get them to talk um, and give them a chance to air their thoughts and their views, and then it helps you to see where they're at and then ultimately to reach out to them. My website's educateforlife.org. You can check it out. It's got a full video apologetic curriculum on there. Uh, It's only $4.99 a month. Um, January 1st, it goes up to $9.99 a month. So um, sign up now, and you get get locked into that um, lower rate. So uh, we'd love to have you check it out. There's a free two-week trial, too, so you can check that out. My guest today is Vocab Malone. You can visit him at youtube.com forward slash Vocab Malone. And uh, Vocab is his, um, uh, he was used to do uh, freestyle Christian rapping and recording. And uh, I read up on your, your bio, uh, Vocab, that you used to actually do this on campuses to um, engage people, get them to um, stop and listen, and then ultimately, um, you know, share the gospel with them. Um, was that effective, uh, doing that on college campuses? Yeah, we would call it freestyle witnessing. And, uh, you know, I had a team of MCs, you know, Christian rappers, and we would go down to Mill Avenue, and uh, we had some really good discussions. Now, you had to be pretty bold to be able to do that, to be able to go out there and um, uh, put yourself out there like that. That's pretty awesome. You know, it, it worked out good. Hold on, I need to. I'm listening to you, but I need to make this dog be quiet. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm listening to you, though. I'm just uh, give me a second to. Uh, this is like uh, right. this is like reality radio right here. <laughs> I know, of, right? Instead of reality TV, you know, it's rea- reality right. radio. All right, we're back to normal. We're back to normal. What kind? Of, what kind of dog do you have? I got a part pit and a part boxer. Okay, you can bring them out there to uh, to protect you in case anything gets hostile. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the just, Lord is my shepherd. You there, know, there you go. That's right. That's right. We trust and the not, Lord. Not German shepherd. <laughs> that's great. Um, okay, so so um, 
my guest here, Vocab, came out with the book Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites. That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about urban apologetics and those sorts of issues. Um, so when you when you're going to talk to somebody about this sort of thing, um, and you want to you want to um, you know refute what they're saying. What are some tips that you would give to somebody who's starting off in this? They're interested in urban apologetics. They're interested in the issues that you've brought up. What are some of the steps they can take in order to begin to be able to intelligently um, refute some of the ideas that are coming their direction? Well, the um, Hebrew Israelites, part of their problem of all varieties, whether they're kind and gentle or whether they're not so kind and gentle, whatever their demeanor, they're, they're, one of their big problems they have is simply a, a lack of proper prior, prioritization. And so the reason why I preface my answer this, that way is to say this. Focus on the gospel. You want to talk about who is God, who, and what is the gospel. And so they're going to try to get you off on all these other things. And next thing you know, you're talking about DNA studies from genealogical academic journals and your discussion of American politics in the Middle East and all this other stuff that's not going to save anybody. Now, the deeper you go into it, I do think we need to chip away at some of these um, outlying issues as well. But if this is your first time and you're engaging, you don't need to answer everything. You need to realize what is it that is the most important thing. And in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells us the most important thing is what he left them with and what he still reminds them of and what he was handed down, which is the gospel. And then he describes it according to the scriptures. And that's really what needs to be prioritized, because what happens is you'll see that most of these guys have law elements built into their salvific structure, meaning in some way the law is important for keeping, gaining, or maintaining salvation. So there's a heavy moralism. Uh, the negative aspects of Phariseeism are in there. You know, those kinds of things are all popping off. Uh, Quasi-legalism. You have all that happening. And then you have a misunderstanding of who's at the center of the gospel. The center of the gospel is not people or Israel. The center of the gospel is Christ himself. And these guys, most of them, do not believe that Jesus Christ is God unequivocally. They don't believe that God is triune as in his nature. All these kinds of problems. So I advise people, don't get into non and in, in, in never-ending arguments about whose father is who or the exact skin tone of Jesus. You know, was it dark all over, dark brown, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's a temptation for people. And to be honest, if people have hate or anger uh, in their heart towards these guys when they see them, uh, Hebrews lights, they should just stay away because these, uh, a lot of these guys know how to push your buttons and uh, the fruit of the spirit is, is vital and essential. And uh, if you lose your temper, it's, it's not a good thing. And I've seen a lot of Christians lose their temper at these guys um, because they're not used to uh, being talked to the way. Now I'm more speaking about these street situations a guy at your job usually is not going to be as bad. You know, someone in their family is usually not as bad. But uh, in these street situations, that's a common thing. I'll just put it this way. Dealing with Hebrews lights is not like dealing with Mormons. Mormons want to rake your yard and 
take out your trash. <laughs> That's Hebrews like want to throw you in the trash theologically. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, yeah. they want to rake you. They want to they want to prove you you're you're believing a false doctrine and they have the truth and they're going to put it on video and the video is going to be called white pastor gets dunked on by Hebrew Israelite man of God, you know? Oh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. So it's not for the faint yeah. of heart then. It is not for the faint of heart. But again, if you realize you have some animus in your heart towards some of these groups that are involved with this, it'd be better to stay away. Cause I see a lot of Christians get involved sometimes and uh, anger and rage gets matched with anger and rage. And that doesn't really help anybody. Yeah. And so I've... yes, you gotta, you gotta know what the context is. It's highly, highly contextual. Mm. Amen. Well, hey, we're uh, we're just about out of time here. So, uh, Vocab, I just want to thank you so much for being on the program with us. I appreciate it very much, and sorry about my dog, and sorry I was a few minutes late, but you've been a great host. Hey, no, no problem. Uh, we're all uh, we're all given the grace of God, right? So that's awesome. Praise God. Hey, if you want to check out his stuff, YouTube.com forward slash Vocab Malone, and uh, this is an awesome ministry, and it's not something that a lot of people are doing. So. Um, if you want to support him, I'm sure he would love the support. Um, he really is a missionary to uh, the urban uh, scene. Um, and so uh, if you can find a way to support him financially, support him in prayer, uh, that'd be a big blessing. Check out his book. That's a blessing for him too. Um, his book, Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites, um, something that definitely in 2020, uh, these are the issues that are going to be coming up. A lot of discussion about race, racism, reverse racism, white privilege, and and uh, all the discussions that, that you've been hearing um, in the popular culture today that as Christians, we need to be able to respond to. Um, we need to continue to uh, show ourselves a workman uh, who does not need to be ashamed um, as we study the, the gospel and we study the Word of God and then beginning to apply it to situations, to each pe- person's different situation, where they're coming from and their background. So uh, take the time to check him out. My website's educateforlife.org. All kinds of resources on there for you. And I look forward to being with you next week. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic uh, upcoming Saturday here. I'm going ice skating with my family. And I hope you have a great New Year to, New Year's too. And um, hope that, that 2020 ends up being a fantastic year for you. God bless you. And I look forward to being with you next time. Bye-bye. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-979.